whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. This is Dr. Lee for America here with another team of our whistleblowers who are bringing you the truth about the lies, deceptions, and all of the assaults on our way of life, your freedom, and your life. For such a time as this, we are here to bring you truth, hope, and solutions. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org for medical help, legal help, and all of the other resources. Join us in our Faith Over Fear seminars each Tuesday night via Zoom at eight o'clock Eastern time every week. And now here is your host for today. We're glad to have all of you with us. We have a fun program tonight, and I, I'm really excited to bring you a lot of the medical updates on all of the benefits of honey. You know, the more that we are encountering the questionable pharmaceutical manufacturing sources of ingredients, adulteration, con uh, all of the contamination in the COVID shots and other pharmaceutical products and generics coming from China and India with questionable quality oversight, it becomes more and more important to understand some of the health and healing modalities that our ancestors have used for literally thousands of years and understanding ways that we can be more resilient and more independent of the medical system that has not been focused on patients and their individual needs, but is focused on profit and formulaic protocols that make money for insurance companies and health systems and doctors serving as robots to their government controlled masters. So there's a lot that, that we really are exploring in all of these upcoming health and resilience programs. And I would like to ask, we have a whole section on food fraud, adulteration, and that is a massive problem with honey in particular. So we're going to get to a lot of the aspects of all of this. And we want to definitely give thanks to, to God for the miraculous honeybee, 
and all that God created. When you look at the complexity of what we're presenting this evening with today's modern methods of chemical analysis, I think it's stunning. And to there's no way we can look at all of this complexity and the intricacy of it and not realize there was an intelligent design and a divine creator behind all of this. So we yes. want to give thanks to our creator. Thank you, Father God, for bringing us back together tonight. Thank you uh, to Dr. Lee and to Kathy for all the hard work they have put into tonight's uh, presentation and seminar, all the wonderful information that she ha they have for us. It is with humble hearts, dear Father God, that we thank you for your love and for your grace, dear Lord, for all everything that you do for us. We, we thank you. We ask you for strength to endure through these very difficult times we're going through, uh, especially for those who are lost, those who are suffering terrible injustice, for the sick, for those who are weak, dear Father God, be with them. We are seeking your guidance to hear your voice, dear Lord. Let us all remain and abide in you, dear Lord, always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Gladys. That was beautiful. And I have to say, it really is nature's miracle. The health and medical benefits that we'll be presenting tonight are just quite stunning. And some of you may already know some of it, but when you start putting all of the pieces together, it's quite a remarkable gift from our creator and this wonderful little honeybee. So the study of bees and the science and art of prolonging, sustaining and retaining health and resilience by using products from the honeybee is called apiculture. And we are looking at the major products from honeybee hives that have therapeutic and health benefits as the honey, the propolis or bee glue, royal jelly, bee pollen, bee venom, bee bread, and beeswax. And one of the important critical points that everyone needs to understand, when you buy honey at the grocery store, except for local vendors that have products in your local grocery store, such as a few here in Arizona, these are commercial, they are pasteurized, they are processed at high heat, they are finely filtered down to micron size filtration, and the important health benefits and nutrients have essentially been lost. They are also typically, as we'll show you in later parts of the program, adulterated with cheaper sugars, including high fructose corn syrup, which contributes to obesity and insulin resistance, flavor enhancers, dyes, other additives, and even drug, active pharmaceutical drug contamination. 
what you need to look for in all that we're talking about with regard to honey's miraculous medical and health benefits, well-documented medical benefits therapeutically, is raw, unpasteurized, unfiltered honey, preferably from local sources, because that's going to be the best way for people with allergies, seasonal allergies, to get help with the beneficial aspects of local honey. It's based from your local plants. And there are a lot of immuno, immunomodulating components in honey. But the classes of beneficial nutrients include complex rare sugars, amino acids, minerals, proteins, enzymes, flavonoids, polyphenols, bee pollen, royal jelly, and propolis. Now, when you start looking at today's spectroscopy and other sophisticated means of chemical analysis, it's just amazing what is actually in real honey, raw, unfiltered, unprocessed. Honey itself is predominantly carbohydrates, but because it is there, it is, there's a high percentage 13, 14% of the rare complex sugars, it's not metabolized as a simple carbohydrate like glucose. And it has a much lower glycemic index than glucose. Glucose's glycemic index is, a, is considered to be 100. Sugars um, in, in the honey bring that down to between a glycemic index of 34 to perhaps in some honeys up to about 60, but not anywhere like just having plain glucose. Fructose is, is a major component of honey, along with protein, organic acids, major minerals, trace minerals, phenols, amino acids, vitamins, flavonoids, vitamin C, ascorbic acid, carotenoids, and digestive enzymes. There are several significant digestive enzymes in honey itself. Now, propolis, or what's, what's commonly called bee glue, is a resinous substance that is accumulated by the bees from different kinds of plants. And it's derived from the Greek word meaning pro in for defense of the city, polis, and in other words, the propolis actually defends the hive from intruders and microorganisms. It's used for sealing holes and cracks and for the reconstruction of the beehive, for the internal sealing of the hive to make it an aseptic inner environment. And it also helps to retain the hive's internal temperature which helps to prevent weathering, but also invasion by predators. And it hardens the cell wall and, and helps keep the, the hive, in a, as I said, in an aseptic environment. It's, it's quite a pleasant smell if you've ever had fresh propolis. 
And it's remarkable what it contains. The, the resin is about 50% and wax about 30%, but it also contains essential oils, pollen, important B vitamins, vitamin C and vitamin E, and important minerals, including magnesium, calcium, potassium, sodium, copper, zinc, manganese, and iron. Also 12 different flavonoids, several different enzymes, and a whole bunch of organic compounds that have many therapeutic effects. Then we look at royal jelly, which is the superfood that the worker bees make to feed the queen bee, but it's also used to feed the larva in their developmental stage. So the immature larvae in their first several days of maturation are fed the royal jelly, and then that is fed for the queen bee throughout her lifespan, which is thought to be one of the reasons the queen bee lives so much longer. It really is a superfood, and you'll see some of the anti-aging properties that have been um, identified with some of our current ability to analyze all of this. So if you look at the therapeutic benefits, summarized, we have a, I have a chart on that as well, but it's antimicrobial, antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, and has many other therapeutic properties, as you'll see in a moment. And it's literally been used as medicinal agent for thousands of years. Hippocrates actually used many, uh, for many of his medicinal treatments and wound care, used honey for that. And during biblical times, honey was used in religious ceremonies. It was also used to embalm the dead and as a healing agent and a sweetener. It was so expensive that it wasn't used for food. Only the ultra wealthy could afford it as a food. And then in World War I, chemist Henry Drysdale Dakin used honey as a medicinal wound cleaner and anti-infective agent, which was called Dakin's solution. When you look at what modern science has confirmed on the healing and therapeutic benefits, it's used for a lot of minor ailments, the dry allergic cough, like I'm stuck with right now, um, constipation, gastroesophageal reflux disorder, gastric ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome, oral health, and dermatologic conditions. You can mix honey and olive oil and beeswax to make a therapeutic topical treatment for psoriasis. And there are actually studies using that as a wound care for psoriasis. <coughs> it's also used in wound care for serious wounds, diabetic, um, necrotic wounds, burn treatment. And it has a lot of mechanisms by which it actually promotes tissue healing and more rapid recovery of the, um, in the wound bed itself. Honey can improve metabolic syndrome and diabetes and assist weight loss by many actions. But there's a caveat I want to, to say to all of you. Honey is considered a simple sugar by the FDA, the World Health Organization. Of course, we know how reliable they are. But it is also by the American Diabetes Association not recommended for diabetics 
based on the idea that it's a simple sugar. However, in the last, I would say, 20 to 25 years, there have actually been a lot of clinical studies using honey in place of other sugars. Now, you can't expect the benefits of honey on raw, unprocessed honey on the metabolic syndrome and diabetes unless you're willing to replace all the other sweeteners, artificial and regular sugar or high fructose corn syrup in foods that you may be eating. You have to eliminate those in order to see the benefits of honey. But the clinical studies are quite significant in showing that raw honey lowers glucose and hemoglobin A1C. It lowers total and LDL cholesterol and increases HDL, the good cholesterol, and also lowers triglycerides. It has a blood pressure lowering effect because it improves endothelial function and nitric oxide release. Now you may remember, those of you that have been following us and attending our programs may remember that we've had several programs earlier this year talking about nitric oxide as one of the most important chemicals released in the endothelial lining of the blood vessels that regulates cellular oxygenation and the dilation of the blood vessels and helps to lower blood pressure has a host of benefits for women and men as they lose their estradiol and testosterone they're losing an important stimulus of nitric oxide release so there are lots of interactions here that are critically important but honey actually has direct effects to improve nitric oxide release. And it also reduces adipose tissue formation because it has lipogenic enzyme inhibitors. It actually inhibits the enzymes that create more body fat. It improves insulin sensitivity and can normalize glucose metabolism in spite of the carbohydrate content, contrary to what popular teaching has been. It reduces oxidative stress and reduces inflammation. And you've been hearing us talk about that for the last two years, about these are important pathways, not only in COVID illness, COVID vaccine injury and long COVID, but also 5G, EMF, and all the inflammatory conditions we've been talking about. So let's look at, and this is the reference article. So some of you may want to look up the entire medical publication in the NIH, um, on the NIH website. But these are, this is a summary of the biological actions of honey. And we will be talking next week about its role in cancer, anti-cancer and anti-tumor actions. It, it actually has effects to decrease the risk of H. pylori infections that contribute to um, gastric and duodenal ulcers anti-inflammatory, wound healing, cardioprotective, antioxidant, anti-diabetic, antibacterial, also antifungal, which isn't shown on this chart. So it's a quite a, an amazing array of beneficial effects. Similar actions with propolis. And we can look at the antioxidant, antifungal, anti-diabetic, antibacterial, anti-cancer, Antiprotozoan, 
effects of propolis. So in other words, anti-parasite effects, anti-tumoral dental benefits to reduce periodontal disease and gum inflammation, and anti-inflammatory actions. So again, quite a wide range of beneficial effects. And then we move to the biological actions of royal jelly and look at the fact that it has an anti-aging series of benefits. It's beneficial to nerve cells, neurotropic, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, anti-tumor. So you start putting all these pieces together and you see that honey can play quite a role and the honey products like royal jelly and propolis from the bees as well can have quite a role in beneficial effects in COVID, long COVID, COVID vaccine injury, and all the things we've been talking about. This is a summary of some of the anti-aging properties of royal jelly. It, it actually plays a role in regulation of some of the hormonal pathways and it stabilizes some of these pathways. Now you can't make ovaries that are menopausal produce hormones again. There is a role for adding the estradiol and testosterone. And if you have a uterus, women would be taking progestin or progesterone, but you, it does improve the health of the premenopausal ovary and in men, the health of the testes as well. Now, I wanted to cite this medical article and those of you that would like the reference so that if you'd like to read more about some of the detailed medical information about how honey can reverse metabolic syndrome. And for those who don't remember the, the characteristics of metabolic syndrome, it is insulin resistance, hypertension, hyperlipidemia or elevated cholesterol, visceral obesity, and marked increased risk of heart disease and diabetes. So metabolic syndrome is the prodrome on the road to diabetes and heart disease. And if you have any question about how widespread it is in the United States, just look around you and all of the people, men and women, with these huge bellies are insulin resistant. Now, whether their doctors have told them that or not, and whether their doctors even bothered to check fasting insulin and postprandial insulin, which is abnormal long before glucose is abnormal, that's one of the problems. About 80 to 85% of people who have insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome are not diagnosed until they become diabetic because the screening tests, again, are not being done. Now, that's something Kathy and I've been working with in our medical practice for the whole time we've worked together for 28 years. And we're always doing this type of testing and picking up insulin resistance early so that we can help treat it. But this is, this is a um, 2021 article in Molecules, 
published in February 2021. If you just put the title in Google, you'll get the reference online. And there was a whole special issue of that journal, B Products, Recent Progress in Health Benefits Studies. And so you may want to look at that as well as we prepare for a lot of turbulence that may be coming and disruption in supply chains. And so having access to natural medicines is going to be important. Now, <laughs> excuse me, I don't expect everyone to memorize this chart and understand all of these chemical names. But, but the point to look at is that scientists today have worked out the detailed metabolic pathways by which honey helps to reduce the risk of becoming obese. The polyphenols in honey actually work through multiple pathways to decrease fat mass and decrease the unwanted compounds in our body that contribute to the buildup of excess body fat. So there is a lot more known about these pathways than there was even at the beginning of my medical career. And then again, looking at what are the specific effects of honey to help lower blood glucose, contrary to what we've been taught for so much of the last 30 or 40 years. Now, our grandmothers probably knew more about this than current medical practitioners do, but fructose in honey actually helps to slow down gastric emptying, which makes you feel full quicker and decreases food intake. And also the fructose actually prolongs the interaction between fructose and the intestinal receptors that ends up reducing blood glucose and it helps all of this plus the phenols in honey help to improve insulin signaling which is impaired in insulin resistance. It's one reason you keep getting fatter if you're insulin resistant and you don't intervene to break that cycle you just keep getting fatter and fatter because the more body fat you have, the more insulin resistant you are and the less sensitive and there, and then you slow down, your metabolism slows down and you don't feel like exercising and you, it's hard to break out of that cycle. And these are some of the pathways by which honey lowers lipids, cholesterol, LDL, increases HDL and lowers triglycerides. And again, it's working through a lot of the polyphenols that are in honey. And that in turn helps to overall increase fatty acid oxidation and normalize the lipid profile. Now, here's, here's a really interesting aspect of some of the properties of honey. And actually this was one that, that I had not realized was actually one of the beneficial effects because you don't hear a lot about this, but honey actually helps to lower blood pressure by a number of mechanisms. 
because it's actually helping to improve the pathways that lead to vasodilation, which lowers blood pressure. And by reducing the buildup of cholesterol and LDL in plaques, and it has some properties to decrease platelet aggregation to form the, the fibrin clots in and, and the formation of fibrin clots in plaque in the arteries that block blood flow, increase resistance, and raise blood pressure. In addition to the fact that honey lowers, it has an effect to decrease oxidative stress. And all of these combined aspects help to lower blood pressure. But again, key point to keep in mind is if you're going to use honey therapeutically for metabolic syndrome, diabetes, insulin resistance, lowering blood pressure, you've got to eliminate the other sugars that are detrimental that perpetuate the problem. High fructose corn syrup foods, um, artificial sweeteners that stimulate the release of insulin by the sweet taste in the mouth, but then there's nothing beneficial in them. And also the simple table sugars. So you have to make that commitment to eliminate those if you're going to get the benefits we're talking about. Now, one, this one I wanted to talk about, and then Kathy has a whole section that she's going to talk about with regard to food fraud and, and problems with commercial honey. This was a particularly critical one. And this was in July, 2022, that the FDA issued this consumer alert. This was actually honey tainted with active pharmaceutical prescription drugs. They were illegally selling honey products targeted as a sexual enhancer for men. The names of the honeys were X-rated honey for men, which I can think you can kind of get an idea of what they had in mind. Dose Vital Honey, VIP Honey, and Royal Honey for him. And these were contaminated with the drug ingredients found in Cialis and Viagra. And these are FDA approved medicines to treat men with erectile dysfunction. But the problem is that they have a lot of serious drug interactions, then they need to be administered under the care of a physician who's looking at these drug interactions and who is monitoring blood pressure and other markers in men who are taking them. Now, I use these drugs for men with erectile dysfunction when other when proper therapies with other medicines and other lifestyle approaches are not working. But they should not be an unknown ingredient in foods that the patient doesn't know about and the doctor doesn't know about because if you combine these drugs with other medicines that people are often taking when they have erectile dysfunction, you can have a catastrophic drop in blood pressure that can cause syncope and sudden death. And particularly in people now with half of the public having gotten the COVID shot, which is causing all kinds of vascular damage and dysregulation of these pathways, if you're taking over-the-counter foods or uh, supplements that are contaminated with 
active pharmaceutical agents like sildenafil and uh, tadalafil, then you really have serious risk of having a major catastrophic reaction. So this, it's really something to consider that you need to be careful about the source of your honey, particularly as you hear more of what Kathy's getting into. And I wanted to quote Mark Jensen, the president of the American Honey Producers Association, who said unequivocally, avoid any ultra-filtered honey. In my judgment, this is a quote from him, it is pretty safe to assume that any ultra-filtered honey on store shelves is Chinese honey, and it's even safer to assume that it entered the country uninspected and in violation of federal law. And we'll talk more about some fraud that's happened before that many of you may remember. So I, that's a warning to all of you that if you're going to use honey for therapeutic benefits, I'm gonna tell you, you need to stay away from grocery store, commercial honey, and go to local sources for raw, unprocessed, unfiltered honey. I can't say it any more clearly. After all the study of all of this, I wasn't, I wasn't someone who used store-bought honey anyway, but after all of the research that we've been doing on all of these topics in the last few years, there's no way that I would just purchase one off the shelf in the grocery store. So word to the wise. Kathy, let's have you jump in and go into all that we know about fake honey and what some of the risks are. Okay, so um, definitely to get all those great benefits of honey, we need to be taking the right honey and that is real honey. So let's talk about fake honey. This is what we want to avoid. And the FDA, the WHO, and the uh, European um, Union have defined honey to be considered authentic. It must contain pollen. And if it doesn't contain pollen, then it's not real honey. Um, we call it fake honey. And we're going to talk a little bit, I'll talk about this in just a little bit, but why they're doing this. But basically, without the presence of pollen, the FDA cannot determine where the honey is coming from, whether it's coming from a legitimate and or safe sources. So there can be, it sets itself up for the perfect uh, food for, for um, counterfeiting and for fraud. So I'm going to talk now about an article that was written in 2011, and I know that is you know, a 12-year-old article, but I'm going to bring it around to today because it's still very relevant. The Food Safety News did an article. They decided to test over 60 different samples of store-bought honey for pollen. So again, we're trying to determine if it's real or fake, so it has to include pollen. So Josh, let's see the next slide and see what they found. So 76% of grocery store honey 
had no pollen in it. And these are stores that I recognize, I'm sure you recognize, Safeway, Giant, Kroger, Harris Teeter, AMP. Um, and, you know, most people, when they go get honey, they're not thinking about, is it real or not? Is it safe or not? And we, we buy honey from where we shop. Over 100% of honey from Walgreens, Rite Aid, CVS Pharmacy had no pollen. So definitely not the place to be buying your honey. Um, even Costco, Sam's, Target, HEB, 77% uh, of the sampled in those stores had the pollen filtered out. So it could be honey, but it's not real honey because the pollen, again, is there this the processing takes these nutrients and enzymes out. Now, where do you get it? Well, honey sold at farmers markets, natural food stores, and my favorite is honey from local beekeepers. Those are generally loaded with pollen. These are, again, some of those major grocery store chains. And what's also interesting, I believe, in, in doing all this research, learning that China actually, um, they may not produce all this in China, but they kind of act as a gathering. They get China from all over Asia and they process it there and then ship it out to Canada, United Kingdom, um, the U.S., where it can be um, process, further processed and, and you know, um, imported and marketed from the United States under many of these brands. So it could, you know, many of these could be coming from the same source and they're just private labeled the, for the individual stores. So it's quite yeah, a few. One comment you had, U.S. has lower standards and the European countries have been much more stringent about their imports of things like this honey from China. And when you get into coming up, I want you all to listen really closely to some of the data about what's in some of the honey coming that's manufactured in China. Right. And not only maybe we have less stringent um, standards, they're only inspecting 5% of what's coming in. So we really don't know all that is coming in. So why are they doing this? Why are they hiding the origins of honey? Because when you take out the pollen, it becomes untraceable. You don't know where it's coming from. So why are they doing it? Well, because number one, China has a bad reputation when it comes to um, food, safety and honey in particular. Um, and honey is the world's wide largest supplier. Honey from China is often over-processed. It's diluted with high fructose corn syrup, or it can be, um, can also have other sweeteners and can be tainted with chemicals, heavy metals, and even antibiotics. Uh, for example, in 2001, 
Chinese beekeepers' hives, they were inundated with um, a foul brood disease, and they used a very strong animal antibiotic, uh, which was actually a carcinogenic antibiotic that was banned by the FDA. And they over $32,000 worth of honey was seized and um, confiscated. However, again, if they're only testing 5%, we really don't know what's getting in. Also, the European Commission in 2022, bringing us current from that 12-year-old um, article, they found that 46% of the sampled products were su suspected to be fraudulent. So this is still a real issue. It is still going on. Let's talk about how commercial honey is processed. Um, basically, honey is taken to a very high, heated to a very high temperature. And what that high temperature does, as I said before, it kills off um, the nutrients, the, the enzymes, and it's then filtered to very low micron levels. The filtration removes all the particles that are found suspended in raw honey, the pollen grains, wax, and the propolis, again, which have many of the health benefits. The heat um, is also used in filtration to make it easier to process, basically. It's easier for the manufacturer, makes it more liquid, it speeds up the, the, the process, it's easier to bottle. Um, it's also done to slow or stop the crystallization process. So, um, so it's, it's, it stays looking pretty longer. They remove any specks that, that you know, someone might think it's, it's not clean, but actually it's just, it would be more natural. Um, but again, it's to extend shelf life and to make sure the honey looks good on the shelves. Um, Remember, these pasteurization and filtration treatments drastically reduce the benefits of honey. And it's the pasteurization is where they're using that high temperature and killing off basically many of the phytonutrients and um, that are found in raw honey. Okay, so what do we want? Well, we want minimal honey processing. Uh, this is also going to be your raw honey. So very low temperatures are used, just enough for, to sufficiently bottle without removing any of its benefits, any of the goodness, any of the taste. It's lightly strained just to remove things like leaves and little bits of wax and a non-honey debris. So they're, they're leaving the honey intact. Uh, the minimal processing, it does not change the natural composition of the honey. It maintains all the health benefits, all the nutritional benefits. It keeps the delicious taste and wonderful aroma and the texture that comes with uh, natural, pure, raw honey. Bottom line is the difference between fake honey and real honey is that real honey is made by the bees and processed honey is made in a factory. 
I think that's a good way to describe it, Kathy. Thank you. <laughs> so this is this was fun to do. I did this, and I tend to I like to buy my honey. I go to the um, the farmers market. I go to the feed store. I live out in the country. I'm a rural girl, and I get my dog food and my cat food, and and I go up to the counter, and I, there's always a selection of local beekeepers. They have their honey there, and generally, the darker, the better, but um, each one is slightly different. I mean, you can get red clover honey, which is really kind of a specialty out here in East Texas, and and it's red. It's actually, it, it, it's, it's red honey. Um, but I also, as a member of the Master Gardeners Club, we have many beekeepers. I'll purchase it at the Master Gardener meetings. So there's lots of ways to get your real honey. And I'm going to tell on my husband. So I like to get, and I pay for, you pay, you pay more for your real honey, your natural, raw local raw unfiltered and make sure that um, it's local to your area. So I'm going to hold up a bar, a bottle of jar, a jar of honey. Uh, it's a plastic bottle that my husband purchased and he came home and he said, now, honey, 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 we're talking about honey, but he said, honey, now it's from Texas. So it's local. It is raw and unfiltered local honey. I did good. I'm like, oh, it's from Aldi's. And I'm like, oh no, well, okay. So I, you know, he, he does the shopping and I don't wanna get on him too, too badly. So I did the, the test that we're gonna, we're gonna talk about with this honey and actually it passed the test. So I was really thrilled by that. So one of the tests to determine if you have natural or fake honey is number one, you can put a little bit of honey into a glass of water. It's going to sink to the bottom, but it should not disappear. It shouldn't just immediately dissolve. It should just sink to the bottom and kind of stay there. And you, and you can kind of hold it up and look at the bottom and it just kind of stays right there. And then I poured the water out and I, the honey was still on the bottom of the, the glass. So it passed that test. The next thing you do is you just, Room temperature, your, your honey should not go in the refrigerator. It should stay at room temperature. And I put a drop on my finger and it just stayed there. If the honey spreads, it's fake honey. If it holds its composition and remains in a drop, then it should be true raw honey. Um, raw honey will crystallize. It also may get cloudy and that's okay. If you've had honey for a long time and it remains syrupy-like, then it could be raw honey. Um, the, the last test, and I did this, you, you, you take a, a matchstick and you dip it into the honey and then you strike it. And if it burns, if, if you actually get a flame and it burns off the honey, and what happened is I got the flame and then it sizzled and it burned then you know it's real because a lot of your adulterated honey, your fake honey, they add water to increase volume, um, lower costs, increase profits, and it will not burn. So this honey burns. So I was really proud of him. I will still buy my honey 
from beekeepers that I talked to and I know, but he did pretty good, so I am proud of him. So where to buy the raw honey? We'll just review. Um, number one, it's great to get to know your, your, your beekeepers. Um, try to buy local honey from a single farm. And one of the reasons you wanna buy lo local honey is because if you have allergies, you're gonna help build up an immunity to all those um, um, the allergens that are out there in potentially out there in the, the plants from your local area. Buy it from a single farm or a small co-op. And again, one of the, the other reasons you, you don't want to be getting a blended, uh, all this, the, the blends of honey from a lot of different sources. And that's exactly what they do in China. I mean, China actually processes it from other countries and they process it and they do whatever they do to it and bring it over here. But you get a higher concentration of, of the, the polyphenolics. Um, in a single floral or monofloral, that's a, becoming a, a very popular type of honey, um, but at least from a single farm, because you know that farm, you know where it's coming from, you know its origins um, versus just a blend of a variety that you may not know all of them. So farmer's market, local feed stores, local county agricultural office, they're very involved with a master gardeners. They have beekeeping programs. Um, so they should know who is selling, who the, the, your local beekeepers are and maybe help you get in contact with them. Um, if you don't have any of those resources, maybe a local health, health food store, um, organic store-bought honey. However, one study showed that 24%, five out of seven organic honeys from a local health food store, from a health food type store, um, failed these tests. So you still got to be careful. Um, you can buy online, but you have to be really careful by, um, from reliable sources like the greensunamifoods.com in case you missed last week. That's who we had as a guest speaker. He's from Texas and he was pretty cool. Um, but definitely he has some very, very high quality honey. It's actually wild bee honey. Happy. I'm going to a couple of comments here. Um, yeah. First of all, I have bought several different um, varieties of the honey that Walter Schumacher and his group have made that are really gourmet honeys. I have to tell you, that is some of the best honey I have ever had in my lifetime. And I like to try a lot of different honeys. Um, there, there are a lot of beekeepers in Arizona, particularly Southern Arizona. So there are, there's orange blossom honey, there's mesquite honey, there's um, prickly pear, cactus honey. There are all kinds of local honeys in Southern Arizona. And, and I've always enjoyed trying the different ones, but I wanted to let all of you know, the Hawaiian coffee in um, infused honey that Walter has created is really quite something. 
And then he has another gourmet honey that's aged in whiskey barrels. Now, it doesn't really taste like whiskey, but it's one of the richer honey flavors that I've ever had. And his wild honey, I, I, I was just amazed at how different and how much more complex the flavor was and, and how much richer and fuller the, the honey um, tasted. So I do encourage you, we're, we are working with Walter to see if we can't work out an agreement to have their honey in our store because I've been so impressed with what he's doing and I wanna support his work and bring it to our audience. And I've been so impressed with the variety and the taste. So putting in a little plug for that. But I've also bought honey at the local feed store. I think many of you know, I started raising chickens when we started our resilience program and teaching uh, emergency preparations last year. So literally May of 2022, first time in my adult life, I decided to raise some chickens. <laughs> so I go to the local feed store. I've learned, I've met some interesting people and they carry honey that is brought to them from local beekeepers. So the feed store is a good source. Farmer's market is kind of be said. Um, I don't know that I've tried the local agricultural office, but that's a good suggestion. I did find at Natural Grocers, some of you may have that um, chain in your area. I found that they carried some of the local Arizona honey beekeepers, organic, raw, unfiltered, unadulterated honey. So that was another source. Some of the other stores I thought might have raw honey, actually it's all processed. So it may be that some of the larger retailers um, have different policies, but those that's just been my experience. And Josh has looked around some of the areas here and found a number of places that carry the local beekeepers honeys. There's cat's claw honey. There's all kinds of um, interesting honeys in Southern Arizona. So we're, we'll, work on getting some of those in the store for those of you that don't live around here and have access to it. Just wanted to add that. Great. No, thank you. I haven't tried this honey yet. I'm looking forward to trying it. Oh, um, listen, it's really, yeah, I will say this. You have to consider um, that there's a lot of work that goes into making this honey of this quality and with all of the proper components of honey in it. So it is more expensive, but I decided that since I started making honey my only source of added sugars, I decided I was saving money buying all the things I shouldn't have anyway. So I just decided to spend the money on the good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Um... You know, I was in doing some of our research for this and learning about all this. I was looking for things that could be on the label 
you know, and there really isn't much, you know, on this label, it says U.S. grade A and a product of the USA. But also in all of this research, I've come to realize it almost doesn't matter what's on the label because when you're committing fraud and food fraud, you can't always trust what's on the label. So we're going to talk about that next. Josh? Okay, great. So the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, they do the inspections, um, they do fraud testing, and they are looking for adulteration or adulterated foods. And they have um, something that's called EMA practices, which is economically motivated to adulterate for profit. That is what that means. And, you know, we've just obvious why manufacturers would do that. We talked about that. Um, but the definition of uh, economically motivated adulteration is number one, a valuable constituent of that food has been omitted in part or whole. So what are they doing to the honey? Well, they're taking out the pollen. They're taking out some of the real important nutrients and enzymes. Number two, any substance that has been substituted. So they could be removing some of the honey and adding with sugars, fructose, uh, high fructose corn syrup, other sweeteners, water. Number three, damaged or inferiority concealed. They're not labeling it properly. Um, they're adding number four, a substance has been added that's not labeled. So that's the mislabeling part of things. Um, honey is a common name, food name. So honey, if it's pure honey and no other ingredients have been added, there's not going to be an ingredient list because there's only one ingredient and it's honey and honey is on the label. But if they've added any additional sugars or they've added anything to the honey, it should be number one, labeled properly, it should be a honey blend or something to that effect. And or and it should be listed as an ingredient. So if it's not, that's where the fraud comes in. Um, again, fraud in honey production, they're doing that to lower the production costs. Um, they're adding undeclared inexpensive sweeteners to the products, such as syrups derived from sugarcane, corn, rice, and even sugar beets. So that's where some of the, the additional sweeteners are coming from. And the FDA did do a test in 2021 and 2022 looking for economically motivated adulteration in honey and found that 10% of the imported honey samples were adulterated. And again, keep in mind, they're only testing 5%. So again, we really don't know what's coming in. This amount, 10%, though, was consistent with other countries that have studied the same thing. Um, honey, um, or EMA honey, we can call it, was 13% in Canada and 14% in the European Union. Um, so the largest exporters 
to the U.S. are China and honey, and we're getting about 70% coming in. So it is really important to, to go local and to get to know your local beekeepers and to buy their honey, their raw honey, because at least you'll know it's coming. It's made in the United States. It's made by U.S. bees and harvested and, and minimally processed here. The FDA also um, looks at food fraud in not just honey, but other um, foods. And we thought it'd be interesting just to share with you a few facts of food fraud, because it is common. Um, and it occurs not only in food, but also in animal food and cosmetics. Um, and I talked about some of the misbranding violations. So that is a form of, of fraud. Um, it's hard to um, estimate exactly what the economic impact is because again, food fraud is designed to avoid detection. And that's why they're taking the pollen out of their, their processed honey. But outside estimates are that food fraud affects about 1% of the global food industry at a cost of about 10 to $15 billion per year. And that may be very conservative because other experts have estimated it's, it's as much as $40 billion a year. And it's not just an economic issue though. If things are added, substituted or left out, food fraud can lead to uh, health issues. It can be very dangerous, um, can even cause death. Um, some examples of that is lead poisoning that's been found in spices. Um, people can have allergic reactions to a hidden or substituted ingredient. And even if it's just a, one single food allergen, that can be deadly. So this is a big deal. Uh, we need to know where our food is coming from and, and be very careful. So let's talk about some examples of food fraud. Uh, we've talked about honey. Um, the same thing goes with maple syrup. They can be cut with um, cheaper sweeteners, corn syrup, rice syrup, sugar beet syrups, or cane sugar. Uh, it lowers the cost of production, but consumers are still paying full price because they don't know and the companies are mislabeling. Olive oil, this is another one. Um, Similar to the honey and maple syrup, they will dilute the expensive extra virgin olive oil with less expensive vegetable oil and selling it at the higher price. And this can really affect your health because we've talked about the unhealthy types of seed oils and vegetable oils that are highly processed, um, particularly when you're trying to be healthy and you're paying for the extra virgin olive oil. Seafood is another um, very good example. I am so scared to buy seafood out <laughs> at restaurants. Even you know, very nice restaurants um, have been found to substitute less expensive species of fish and kind of disguise it as more expensive types of fish. Um, for example, um, less expensive snappers or rockfish are um, substituted for more expensive red snapper. Um, they will add uh, ice to seafood to make it heavier to to get you know more more weight. Um, so these are just some examples. Um, next slide. Juice can be adulterated. 
um, manufacturers have been caught selling 100% juice, um, even lemon juice, counterfeit lemon juice made of citric acid, sweetener, and water, and you think you're buying lemon juice. Or they'll mix in a cheaper grape juice or even apple juice into 100% pomegranate juice. And most of the time, the consumers only hurt economically, but you're not getting the health benefits that you think. Um, there are some cases of very low quality manufacturing practices um, that can harm a, a person just because of the, the way they're manufacturing it. And you don't know because it still tastes good. Um, they're mixing in these sweeter juices to cover any of the, the bad ingredients that might be in it. Spices, this is another one that really caught my eye. Um, spice fraud occurs when an expensive spice such as saffron is bulked up with non-spice plant material such as plant stems. Another type of fraud use, is using dyes to give spices a certain color and a rich color impacts and gives a perception of quality. They've even found lead in lead-based dyes and industrial dyes that will cause adverse health problems such as cancer have been found in spices such as chili powder, turmeric, and cumin. And I use those all the time. So that really gives me some pause. And Consumer Reports, I think it was November of 20, I forget which it was, 2021, they did a, 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 they had an article on the different spices and basically decided that organic, simply organic is one of the better brands, but at organic spices are going to be your better bet. So even with spices, we want to think organic and try to figure out where they're coming from, what's the origin, where were they, where were they processed? Another example is infant formula. Um, the quality of infant formula is often based on how much protein is in the food, and they're looking at how much nitrogen is present. Well, China in 2008 added melamine, a synthetic chemical used in plastics that has a high nitrogen contact, uh, content, and put that in infant formula to falsely indicate enough protein to meet the standards. And this was very bad. It led to kidney failure. It led to um, some hospitalizations and six deaths. So um, that is really, really scary. And I remember there was an incident with dog food as well coming from China. So we have to be super, super careful. You know, Dr. Valid, I think, you know, this fraud is so insidious that, you know, especially when we get, talk, get getting back to the honey, you know, people are hearing honey is healthy and they're going to go out to the store and they're going to buy it. And if they buy the fake honey, unknowingly, they're going to be getting more sugar and they're going to get the sugar that's going to cause all the damage. Right. All the health, you know, and then they're thinking they're getting, going to have the health benefits and they're actually getting set up, set up to fail. And that's what's really scary. Have the opposite effect of the real honey. We are a tripartite being. Perhaps, though, there are many of us who 
believe that we're a spiritual being in a physical body rather than the other way around. And it's important to look at all of these aspects. And quite frankly, the more that we can bring you the supporting information, good research, connect the dots, look at how all of this connects and help you make informed decisions, the more that we can help people cope with all of the uncertainty and turmoil in our lives today, turning off the fear, which helps our body be healthier and helps our immune system and all of the ways in which we use our the power of our healthy mind and body to then communicate with our creator and build that sense of connection greater than us and and transcend the the stress of everyday living in this world again it it fuels the health of all aspects of our health so josh we can stop the slides now and along that line, I, I want to comment that I think more and more we are seeing the risk of contamination and adulteration and things are not as they are labeled to be, whether it's the COVID shots or that are have no manufacturing standards, no oversight for quality, and they're not even putting serial numbers on the individual vials so that issues can be relate, related to a particular batch or vial. Batches are one thing, but medicines for individual dosing have always been required to have individual serial numbers and none of the COVID shots do. And when you're looking at the fraud there, you're looking at the, the fraud in the food market and all of the things Kathy talked about, I was, I was shocked. When I started, Kathy and I started looking into all of this a while ago, but one of the things that was shocking to me is the spices. I started really reading the label on the spices and I, it, it really was very unsettling to think about where these things were coming from. And then there was just a recent report of using an insect-derived carnitine red dye type chemical added to paprika, which increases the risk of allergic reactions for people. And, and I'm sensitive to that sort of thing. So it, it's really getting to be rather creepy to think about how all of these things that we had taken for granted and had been reliable are suddenly no longer reliable. And Kathy, to your point about the importance of, we cannot emphasize enough, you will not get any of these health benefits, which you can see are just massive in the number of health benefits of raw unprocessed honey. When you connect the dots and put it all together, as we did in showing you the, the pieces of the puzzle tonight, it, it, you won't get any of those if you're using commercial honey. And in fact, it does create the vicious cycle of more of the high fructose corn syrup, simple sugars, and ones that 
fuel the problem of insulin resistance, which is an inflammatory condition, making all of the other health problems worse and making the vaccinated people more susceptible to damage. So it's these are really critical points to keep in mind. So, and I have a little experiment to share with you. When I started um, using green tsunami foods, honey from the bees are Walter Schumacher. That was a gift from one of my patients. And when I decided to try it after reading some of the newer medical studies with insulin resistance and diabetes, I was I stopped all other sugars for two weeks and had a tablespoon of that um, Walter Schumacher's honey from Green Tsunami Foods in the morning and a tablespoon before bedtime. So that's roughly 64 calories per tablespoon. And so that's roughly 120 calories for the whole day. And that was, I replaced other sugars with that. And then I was getting my normal labs done. And when I did that after two weeks of stopping the other sugars, now Kathy's got me making these big salad bowls and eating salads for dinner every night. And um, so that was really interesting because fasting glucose was 79. Now I'm not diabetic. I've not had insulin resistance. I've had normal fasting insulins, but the fasting glucose was normally around 89 or 90. This one was 79. So that was a significant drop. Triglycerides had dropped from just under the top of normal to closer to 100. Which, I'm sorry, that was less than 100. And cholesterol, my cholesterol had gone down to 160. Now, mine was never high, but it was a little higher than that. So cholesterol had dropped, LDL had dropped, HDL was really good, and the um, triglycerides were down, glucose was down, and and I thought, and my iron stores, ferritin was higher, and I didn't realize that honey does contain iron along with other things that that I eat. So I think we can see markers change in a matter of three to four weeks if people who have some of these problems decide to make a change and are diligent about replacing other sugars with the raw unprocessed honey. I didn't have abnormal labs before, but they were better with the two weeks of this process that I, this little experiment that I did. So if I can see a change, I think it fits with what we're seeing with the data on diabetics and those with insulin resistance. So I just wanted to share that with you. And we've got um, questions, Kathy. So let's, um, <laughs> Tim asked the question, what kind of salad is safe to eat? Well, I saw that. <laughs> when, when Kathy was out here in Arizona a few weeks ago, we, we did go to the store and we looked for organic greens 
and the ones that are triple wash. There's a brand called Organic Girl. Some of you may have other uh, uh, brands that you like, but, and then they are triple washed before it's packed and then washed again when, when we go to use it. And I think Kathy, the, the main guideline that you've been presenting is produce that can be peeled may be okay to not buy organic. But if you go to the ewg.org working group mm-hmm. um, and their Dirty Dozen and Clean 15, you'll get the list of produce that really needs to be organic if you want to be safe. Strawberries, sadly, are one of the real dirty dozen that pick up the pesticides and it's hard to wash them off. So ewg.org, yeah, that's that has great resources. Um, so let's One see. One person asked how much honey to consume per day to lower cholesterol. Oh, okay. Actually, some of the studies are using as much as 70 grams a day, but 40 grams is roughly the equivalent of two tablespoons a day. And that was the amount that I decided to try for my experiment. And it, it made, it made a difference. Clearly it made a difference. Um, But if someone had much higher levels, then it might be might be something, for example, to look at whether you do a tablespoon in the morning, a tablespoon in the afternoon, and a tablespoon in the evening. But the the studies do do describe what some of the doses are. And those references we'll have some list of those on a honey fact sheet that we'll post on the website. And I have not, although people say that you should use a wooden spoon, I have not seen any actual data to suggest that a metal spoon to just dip it out of the jar is going to cause a problem. And in fact, I've done that and I haven't noticed any adverse effects, but I, don't I cannot find any data to say that you have to use a wooden spoon, although that is something people often recommend. Um, the question about heating local honey when it is crystallized. First of all, many people prefer the crystallization because it makes it thicker and has a a more interesting texture. I happen to like that. So I don't heat it to dissolve the crystallization. But if you are going to heat it, you want to avoid heating it to high temperatures. You just would warm it um, slightly. For example, putting crystallized honey in hot tea will warm it enough that the crystals dissolve, but it's not going to be so much that it destroys some of the beneficial organic compounds and vitamins and minerals and so on. You definitely don't want to 
microwave honey. Do not microwave the honey. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and Kathy, why don't you address the question further about the salad and talk about your big salad bowl um, and the ways that you have done that and what we've done together in making it. Right. Well, I do worry about all the, what they're doing to our, our vegetables, our plants. I am mostly plant-based. So everything I eat is, is potentially, you know, loaded or sprayed with pesticides, even organic farms, if they're um, downstream or, or getting the, the, the runoff from a, a non-organic farm, they, you know, those plants can be affected. So you just try to do your best. And, and then once you get home, wash everything and just, you can do a, um, a, a water, you know, put in, put in a little basin and a water and vinegar um, mixture, just a little bit of vinegar in there and just wash everything when you get home before you put it away. Dry off your lettuce and put things away, get it out of the plastic. A lot of things come in plastic. So you want to get it out of the plastic so you don't have any of the, the leaching of the plastic and packaging into your, your vegetables. Um, and then my, my go-to salad is we like a chopped salad. So I will take my greens, which is going to be, I like spinach or baby kale. I get a mixture of um, spring lettuce. And then we'll get celery, broccoli, cauliflower, cucumbers, green onions, cabbage. And I'll get the shredded cabbage because it's so much easier. But you could shred your own and cut it in there. And then I chop it, <laughs> chop the broccoli real fine and, and the cauliflower. So everything is just, you know, just real tiny bits. And it's crunchy. And I'll sometimes... Um, um, shred a carrot. Um, what else do I put in there? So, so all, you know, when I go to make and I mix it all around and I put that in a big, you know, sometimes I'll use the, 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 the container, the salad came in, or I usually put it in a big glass bowl, put it in the refrigerator with, with some, um, foil on top. And then when I pull it out and then I have, so many vegetables. I mean, there's like six or seven, eight different vegetables already in there. Then I'll put my tomatoes. I like to put raisins. I like to put fruit in there. Um, I like to put berries and, and strawberries, blueberries. I like to put um, red grapes in there. I like, I like a sweeter salad. Then I'll put my seeds in there. I like to put raw sesame seeds in there. I like to put raw sunflower seeds. I like to chop up pecans, raw pecans or shredded, raw, raw shredded almonds. Also, I'll put some nuts in there. So I'm getting some, some fat, but I'm also getting some protein. I like to add at that point an avocado. That's where you put all your good stuff. And then we make a vinaigrette with balsamic uh, vinaigrette and an olive oil, um, a little bit of lemon juice and honey. And that's a, a vinaigrette salad dressing that, that I'll make and use for a few days, use it ahead of time, make it up ahead of time. And so that's my salad. And it literally, we take a serving bowl 
and that's what we eat out of. So I, I fill up that, that serving bowl. And I also like to throw a chopped um, green apple in, in there on top of it. So I'll, I'll do that fresh when I'm making it. Put my dressing on there and um, takes about 30 minutes to eat because you're, you're, you're chewing for about 30 minutes and you're very full afterwards. Um, it's very filling. It's high, highly nutrient dense, but calorically pretty low. You could put some protein, any type of your preference of protein. We do like our fish and we'll, we'll sometimes add fish to that salad as well. So, or you can throw quinoa in there. You could throw cold brown rice. We've done that before. We, you, know, you can throw some lentils on top, kidney beans, black beans, garbanzo beans. So you can get rice and beans and there's a complete protein. So you can really build it up. You're muted. Sorry, I was coughing. Don't forget beets. Oh um, yeah. I, I put, I do all the things Kathy was just talking about and I love the garbanzo beans and quinoa and the salad and, and the avocado. And I do a hard boiled egg as well from my chickens. And then I like adding beets and beets are a great source of the nutrients that stimulate nitric oxide production and release. And, right. and I, I always add my pecans. I love my pecans in the salad. Um, I used to like almonds a lot, um, but they, they are a little harder and I don't want to crack a tooth. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I, walnuts I, are good, but I personally, they taste a little bitter to me. Mm -hmm. So I like the pecans as my nuts for the salad. Right. I switched to a shaved almond. And the mushrooms. Good point. And mushrooms. Yes. In fact, when Kathy was out here, um, I made a huge pot of, of mushroom soup. We just threw a bunch of vegetables and the mushrooms in the Instapot and cooked it. And then, so carrots and celery and onions and lots and lots of mushrooms, mixture of all kinds of mushrooms. And then pureed the, a lot of the ingredients to make it a very thick soup. And, and that, that has a lot of flavor. That's, that's another great one as we're going into winter and the, anti-cancer properties, um, anti-inflammatory properties of mushrooms. Mushrooms are also a source of the ergothionine, high potency antioxidant um, immune modulator vitamin that is also in our supplement, True Mitochondrial Boost. And my team has started taking it after I had such great results with it. And you watch Gladys grinning she and her husband said right away after about a week they had more energy. Josh was taking it and said, "Wow!" He said, "Doctor Bleed, I'm even sleeping better." <laughs> so, our whole team is is um, has found the benefits of True Mitochondrial Boost. So, I highly recommend it. But that's derived from mushrooms. It's ergothionine. We the data sheet is on the website. Okay, so that's just a few stories. The salads are quick um, to go uh, it, when you when you're busy and 
working hard. Um, it's really nice to have it all cut up ahead of time. And Kathy, I, to save space, I started putting it um, in a different type of container where I could just throw it all in a sort of a bag. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that has also oh. helped. So okay. anyway, those are some, some ideas. And let's see, were there any other major questions? Um, I'm trying to get back to that. Um, there was one about the Manuka honey. Oh, yes. I put a, a, a explanation in the okay, chat. Good. Let me just reiterate that. True Manuka honey does have a higher antibiotic activity than other honeys. That, that's been well documented. However, as Walter Schumacher presented last week, and I really encourage you, if you missed last week, go back and listen to his presentation. There is massive fraud in the Manuka honey market. It's a very expensive honey. It's only, it, it comes from a small island off of New Zealand. <clears throat> and as he pointed out, there's not enough Manuka honey produced to meet the worldwide demand. So what they are doing is adulterating it with high fructose corn syrup. So when you buy Manuka honey, you're you're actually buying a honey, unless you get one of the top certified ones from New Zealand. But even then, what Walter explained was that there have been investigative journalists who have reported that the the manufacturers the beekeepers in are, are actually feeding the bees high fructose corn syrup which changes the behavior of the bees and they don't forage they just stay in the hive and eat and get fat basically is what people do when they have too much high fructose corn syrup. And he he went into an interesting explanation of all of that. But when you're feeding the bees high fructose corn syrup, you're not getting all of the benefits of the foraging with the plants. And in addition, they're adulterating it. So as much as I was interested in the science of the Manuka honey, Again, we're back to the problem of it's not a reliably pure Manuka honey. The same is true in the olive oil market. You have to be really careful in the olive oil to buy extra virgin cold press single source, meaning one country, olive oil. Most of it is adulterated and diluted with the inexpensive multi-pressings and processed and all of that. It's, it is, I sat there and looked at about 15 different olive oil labels at Trader Joe's, which is a store that sells a lot of natural food. I found one that was cold pressed, extra virgin, single source. It was from Italy. So reading the labels is, is definitely critical these days. 
Um, okay. And thank you all for being here. I know we've run over a little bit. We've hit some of the, we've hit a lot of the major questions. Um, that's it. Thank you, Anne, for the suggestion, soaking your vegetables in a few activated drops of chlorine dioxide. That's certainly a great way to do it. Um, and someone else made the comment, Evelyn, about farm-raised fish. I, I just, I agree with you. I make it a point mm -hmm. not to buy farm or eat farm-raised fish if I can help it. Because it's, the contamination issues are um, really serious with farm-raised fish. So, um, and Janice, thank you for that point about the crushed red spider mites for coloring strawberry yogurt. There was a similar report. I had not been aware of the particular one you're talking about since the 1990s, but I, I did come across a recent news report about using ground up insects for a red color for a Yoble yogurt was the one that was cited as doing that. And insects, using insects, the chitin in the shell of, in the exoskeleton of insects is highly allergenic for humans. And we don't have the enzymes to digest it. The thought that they're trying to make people eat bugs is just abhorrent to me because we already have enough problem with people with food allergies and allergies to additives and ingredients. You start adding a lot of ground up crickets to flour and Tyson Foods has been exposed recently as using a lot of insect powder, ground up insects to as additives in their foods. You have to be really careful about that. It's highly allergenic for humans. Thank you for joining us today on the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. We urge you to sign up for our email alerts, donate to support our legal defense work to secure the human and civil rights secured by law and to live our lives in accordance with the U.S. Constitution and God's truth. We are here to bring you hope and solutions for such a time as this with all that is assaulting our way of life. Join us and stand strong against the lies and deception and speak out, get loud, get involved. God bless you, and thank you for joining us.